0: Hello, and welcome to the teaching ministry of Impact Family Church. For more information, including service times and directions, or to find out more about us, you can visit our website at www.impactfamilychurch.com. We trust you'll be blessed by today's message. Go here to Matthew chapter 28, I want to talk to you about something that actually I started this back in uh, May of this year, on a Sunday morning and Sunday night when Pastor and Pastor Andrew were out of town. I think they were on vacation then as well. And uh, they were out of town and started talking about uh, making disciples. Does anybody remember that back in May? If I can see your hand, do you remember that? Okay, well, the... Praise God. We'll remind you this morning. So if you weren't here or maybe just forgot, I know it's been six months, but um, sort of talking about making disciples. And, and I didn't get finished with, with uh, what was on my heart and what the Lord had laid on my heart. And so uh, the Lord brought this back to my attention today, but I'm actually going to go a little bit of a different direction than I was planning uh, back in May. Uh, just something that uh, I hadn't seen before and, and I believe is important for us today. I believe this is what the Lord would have us to, uh, uh, to hear today. So I just encourage you to open your heart up. Uh, to what God has for us. Amen? Said, amen? Amen. amen? amen. Saying amen to a preacher is like saying sick him to a dog. So uh, you can be in agreement with me. Praise God. In Matthew, the uh, 28th chapter, verse 16, it says, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When he saw them, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them, or Uh, Saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always even to the end of the age. Of course, this is known as the Great Commission. There's uh, various accounts of this. And, and how uh, haven't even know that when, when somebody says something, people hear different things at, the, at, at what, what goes on. And so everybody's perspective is good, just looking at it from a little bit different side of, of the equation. So this is uh, what um, Matthew wrote here. All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations. You know, it is our commission and our purpose on this earth is to make disciples. Are you out there this morning? Uh, this is something that, that is, is very real to me, something that's important to me. I believe it's something that, that is important to the Lord Jesus because He instructed us to do this. But we also know that the Word says that Jesus came to seek and to what? Save the loss and so we know that it's a, a very important thing to the Lord Jesus We know that it's a very important thing to God because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son That whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life And so God is so concerned about people being reached that he sent his own son to accomplish this So we can tell that it's something that is of great importance to God It's of great importance to the Lord Jesus and if we are if you really love him, then you'll love what he loves if you're, if you're passionate about him, you'll be passionate about what he's passionate about, what they're passionate about. What's on their mind and what's on their heart ought to be what's on our minds and our hearts. Amen. And I know when we talk about these things, a lot of times people think, oh, Lord, this is, this is difficult. It's only difficult when we try to do it in and of ourselves. It's not difficult when we do it with the grace And the ability that God supplied. In fact, it is the easiest thing in the world for us to do because that's why we're here. God's hand is upon us for this. And so as we talk about these things, uh, we're going to, like I said, go in a little bit different direction this morning. But as I talk about this, don't let the subject or maybe past feelings about making disciples or reaching people affect your openness to what God would have to say. The truth is you're gifted for this. You're gifted for this. You're, you're, you are equipped to do this. Every person in here is equipped to do this. It's important that we have an outreach mentality. When I say outreach, I don't mean, you know, nifty little plans, but outreach, biblical outreach, outreach-minded, what we are looking to minister to, be a blessing in people's lives, right? And the Bible, Jesus said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. And we know the Spirit of the Lord is upon you, Right? And so he was sent to heal the brokenhearted, to bring, proclaim liberty to the captives. Well, the spirit of the Lord is upon you for that same reason. When you get born again, God's grace and his hand is upon you to accomplish those things. If you don't get anything else this morning, just know that God's hand is upon you and you are gifted to reach people. That really ought to excite you. Why should that excite me, Pastor Greg? Because you're gifted to do what is important to God and the Lord Jesus if you really love him, to know that his hand is upon you. Not only do you have an assignment, but you've got God's own ability and grace upon your life to accomplish that calling. I believe if each of us would just just spend some time meditating on, on, on these things here and, and not the hopelessness of the situation. It's easy to look around and, and see the, all the lives. There are a lot of messed up lives around us. And don't get distracted by that, but, then, but look at the fact there may be a lot of problems, but there's a whole lot more grace. There's a whole lot more love. There's a whole lot more of God out there to meet no matter what it is. And we get to be the ones that introduce other people to our Savior, Amen. And so this is something that, that is important to, to God. It ought to be important to us. And, and uh, uh, I want to talk about a few things this morning that, that, like I said, is a little bit different than the direction I started to go in, in May. And who knows, I might get back to the other stuff later. I don't know. But we've been called here. It says to go, ther- go therefore, and make disciples, verse 19, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know we have, we've been given a mandate here to make disciples and, and we know that if we'll follow Jesus, he'll make us be fishers of men. So I'll just say this, that your ability to fish and to reach people is really uh, contingent upon your willingness to follow Jesus. The more you follow Jesus, the more effective you'll be at reaching people. I I like to, and and I have to do this continually evaluate my life, what's going on. And what's happening, and you know what kind of tree you are by, by based on what kind of fruit you produce. You know what you're doing in your life based on what you're producing in your life. And so if you're following Jesus, you'll be a fisher of men. That's introducing people to Jesus, getting them born again. But it says here to make disciples. Getting people born again is important, but there's another step. It's making disciples. And this is an area that the Lord has been talking to me about over the last uh, uh, a while. One of the things he's talked to me about is not just reaching people, but creating disciples. There's a difference between a believer and a disciple. Have you ever witnessed to somebody and prayed for somebody and they accepted Jesus as their their savior and yet nothing in their life nothing else changed. anybody know of anybody like that Nothing else changed and they continued to, to go on the same path that they were and 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 you know it I don't know what goes on in people's hearts. It's not my job to judge and and to get involved in that. That's between them and God. But it is possible for someone to accept Jesus and not make him, they make him savior of their life. They accept him as savior, but not Lord. They go from being, not just being born again, there is a step from being born again and then being a disciple. What is a disciple? We talked about this before. We won't go into a lot of detail, but a disciple is not just someone who's born again, but someone who is a follower of Jesus. Someone who actually follows after him, who who, yes, accepts the gift of salvation and puts their trust in him, but then they begin with their life to follow after him. How many you know it's the followers of Jesus that affect change for the kingdom of God and not just believers in Jesus? Someone who's accepted Jesus, but someone who's following after Jesus. I don't know about you, but I mean, I got born again so young, I don't even remember it, but I know I got spirit filled when I was five. I do remember that. But, you know, I don't have this sordid past pre-being born again. I don't even, you know, I'm sure I was, maybe I was a terrible baby before. And then I got born again and I was a, a great four-year-old. I have no idea. But anyway, we look around and, and, and life before Jesus and life after Jesus, God's influence is huge. His influence is huge upon our life. And, and we want to train people to, well, wh- why do you see a difference? Because they're following after him. That's why. And so we want to create an environment where we're reaching people, but then we are taking care of our babies as well and training them. It's, not, it's one thing to have a kid. It's another thing to train up a child, right? Two very different things. <laughs> one can be easy, sometimes easier than it should. <laughs> like we had our third not even trying to, but we had one, right? Training her was a whole lot harder than that. A lot more difficult. Oh, You're like, oh, should I laugh or just relax? Training of a child is difficult. Training of a child is is a is an ongoing uh, uh, thing that that if you're gonna being a parent is not about having kids, it's about raising kids. People who have a kid and don't take care of them and and uh, you know, Amy was telling me the other day there was a kid who showed up at school new and 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 you know the the parents. Brand new, didn't bother to show up with him, get him checked in, register him, nothing. Just dropped him off and left him. And to me, that that hurts me. That's not that's not being a parent. That's not raising a child or, or training up a child. That's not caring what's going on. But you know, we got a lot of parents who aren't really parents. They're parents in in physical form, but not parents in lifestyle. And so we don't want to just reach people and just, you know, get people born again, create a new believer in Jesus, but then leave them within themselves. We want to train them and raise them up. We want to disciple them, cause them to be a true disciple of Jesus. Now, we, we don't have a lot of time. I want you to go over to Acts chapter 9. I just want to look at a few things this morning that, that um, uh, maybe we've not looked at before. And I've actually never really looked at this in this way. And we want to look at some things that I believe will be a help to us. In, in this process of, of making disciples And not just making believers But making disciples I want to look at the story And the life of Paul this morning And just look at some things about his life uh, He's known as Saul first Later becomes we uh, known as the Apostle Paul But we, we can see a lot from Paul as, If you know anything about the, about the Bible The Apostle Paul was a great man And I can't wait till we get to heaven to meet him And introduce myself to him He wrote two-thirds in the New Testament Mightily used by God uh, Between him and the Apostle Peter they were definitely the the heads of the church and the leaders of the church as a whole, and and um, the revelation that Paul received uh, from God is something that. Uh, is still blessing us today, and and the Lord is still unveiling before us today the full depth of what it means. I mean, it's amazing. And the Apostle Paul has such a huge impact upon uh, the church and upon the body of Christ all those years ago still happening today. Uh, But there's some aspects of Paul's ministry that I think we need to look at. In the ninth chapter, we'll just look here in verse one. Then Saul, still breathing threats of murder against the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus, so that he found, uh, so if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. And he journeyed. As he journeyed, he came near to Damascus. And suddenly, a light shone up round him from heaven. Then he fell on the ground and heard a voice saying, "Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me?" And he said, "Who are you, Lord?" And the Lord said, "I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is it is hard for you to kick against the goad." So he, trembling and astonished, said, "Lord, what would you do or want me to do?" The Lord said to him. Arise and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who were journeying with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no one. Then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one, but they led him by hand to, and brought him into Damascus, and he was there three days without sight neither ate nor drank. So we have the story of the conversion of Paul. And if it had ended here at the time, like I said, he was called Saul, if the story had just, if this was all that was included or we knew about the life of Saul, it'd be pretty incredible. I mean, that would be a pretty amazing story that, that we hear of his conversion, that God intervened. This was a man that was trying to destroy the church and trying to, they called him people of the way, trying to arrest them and, and, and to tear down what God was doing. And God intervened and moved in a miraculous way. And, and yes, we know that Paul got born again because he said, Lord, what, what should I do? So he obviously believed who he was. He obviously recognized this was Jesus and he believed that he was a son of God and he confessed him as Lord. So I don't know about you, but it looks like he got born again to me. And so he gets saved, he gets born again, and the threats through Saul ended. It would have been a great, a great story and a great thing, but it goes on and it goes on for our benefit. Paul goes on to do many of the things that have been a blessing to us, but had it stopped here, it would have been great. But the story doesn't. It goes on to say in verse 10, there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. Now, I'll just say this. We said this before. I want to mention it that only a disciple can create another disciple. If you're going to make disciples, you've got to first become a disciple yourself. And that's, uh, that's, that is up to us to make sure we're doing that in our own lives and each other to make sure that each other are doing this, that we're becoming disciples. Amen? It says a certain disciple named Ananias, if I'm a place. Uh, uh, there was a certain disciple in Damascus named Ananias, and to him the Lord said in a vision, Ananias, and he said, Here I am, Lord. Now, Ananias, if you know anything about him, uh, he is uh, was... Uh, History says that he was one of the 70 that was sent out in Luke chapter 10, uh, the 70 disciples. He wasn't this of the 12, but he was of the 70. So this was a great man of faith that everybody recognized and uh, uh, and, and respected of his time. So the Lord appeared to him and uh, called him and he said, here am I. Verse 11, the Lord said, arise, go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judah for one called Saul of Tarsus. Behold, he is praying and in a vision he has seen a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hands on him. So that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, "'Lord, I have heard from many about this man, "'how much harm he has done to your saints in Jerusalem. "'And here he has the authority from the high priest "'to bind all who call on your name. "'But the Lord said to him, "'Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine "'to bear my name before Gentiles, "'kings and the children of Israel. "'For I will show him many things "'that he must suffer for my name's sake.' And Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales and he received his, his sight at once and he arose and was baptized so that when he had received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent some days with the disciples at Damascus. Now, I have this story, obviously, that it goes on that, let me find my place here in my notes, that uh, the Lord appeared to Ananias and he uh, obeyed that and and went to uh, meet with the uh, with the apostle uh, or to meet who became the apostle Paul. And a couple of things I want you to notice in verse 9, so we already know that he was a disciple, but he said, here am I. One thing, you know, we're just going to look at some things uh, uh if you're going to be a disciple, if we're going to train disciples, there's some things we can learn here. We're talking about the life of Paul. Paul, God appeared to, to Ananias to do something uh, for the apostle who later became the apostle Paul. I want to call him Paul, but at this time he's still Saul. You know what I mean if I get the two confused and mismatched this morning. But to Saul, later the apostle Paul. Uh, he appeared to him, and it's, it's interesting and important to note that when the Lord said something, Ananias said, here I am. We're talking about creating disciples. If, if someone's going to create disciples, they've got to be available. Now I know this, the, these may seem simple, but as we're talking this morning, look in your life. Are you available? And the Lord calls your name or calls you for action. Ananias was one of the 70. He knew Jesus. He had experienced the good things of, 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 of having a relationship with, with, with God and knowing the Lord Jesus. But when, when the Lord Jesus called him, he responded. If you're going to train disciples, you're going to have to answer the call. We talk about training disciples and reaching the lost. There's a call that's been given. Whether it happens or not through your life is whether or not, based on whether or not you respond to that call. It's not up to anybody else. It's whether or not you respond to that call. Let me ask you this. If, the, if Ananias had not responded when the Lord called him, would we have known anything beyond Saul's conversion? I have no idea. We don't know what would have happened Would the Lord have sent somebody else. I don't know. We don't know, but we do know that his life was changed, not just born again, but a process was started in the, and Saul later, the apostle Paul that was started because Ananias said, here I am. I believe that, that the Lord has been dealing with many and has tried to deal with many in the past, even here to not just reach people, but to create disciples amongst those around you that you have influence with, whether or not you answer that call and respond to that is what is, will determine what happens in those people's lives. See, so a lot of times we want to think, what happens in my life? Well, Ananias' life, we don't really know a lot about Ananias after this. A, he's mentioned a few times, but not a lot is known about him. This is the thing that he's known the most for, and it was something that affected someone else's life. That tells me that God is interested, in not just what happens to you, but He happens through, to other people through you. I believe there'll be great reward in heaven for Ananias for this simple statement Lord, here am I. There'll be great reward because He responded to the call. Listen, as a church, we've got to respond. As individuals, we have to respond to that call. There are people that need what you have. You're gifted and you're graced to do it, but you still have to respond. Amen? And in, the, in this situation, you know, the apostle or, or Ananias, there was great reason to not respond to this one. I mean, th- th- this, was, this was a big deal. But he still said, he said, uh, in verse 13, he says, "'Lord, I have heard, I've heard from many about this man.'" And in verse 15, the Lord said to him, "'Go, for he is a chosen vessel of mine to bear my name before Gentiles, kings, and the children of Israel.'" Paul or or Ananias responded, but realized he had heard a lot about Saul. This is something else we can learn from this. Even though you may have heard a lot about somebody, what God has to say about them is more important. What God has to say about them is more important than what anybody else says about them, what their past says about them, what their actions even five seconds ago have said. What God has to say is more important. The Ananias here submitted his opinion of someone else, even a deserved opinion based upon God's opinion of him. That is good. See, it's easy for us to, to, to look at people only through natural eyes. How does God see somebody? How does God see the person sitting next to you? How does God see the person sitting at work? What, what gifts and callings that are without repentance that means that can never be turned in or never be done away with, what kind of gifts and callings are on that person's life? That's far more important and, and bigger than what they've done. See, Ananias, he's submitted. He submitted, and he called in verse 17. When he met Paul, he said, Brother Saul. Or when he met Saul, he said, Brother Saul. He was quick to change his opinion. It goes on to say in the, uh, uh, uh as they were talking, uh, where do we leave off at? Uh, yeah. And Ananias went his way and entered the house, laid his hand on brother Saul, uh, Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you came has sent me that you may receive your sight and be filled with the Holy spirit. Immediately there fell from his eyes, something like scales and he received his sight at once and he arose and was baptized. So when he received food, he was strengthened. Then Saul spent many days or spent some days. Uh, with the disciples at Damascus, verse twenty immediately he preached, the, cr- preached Christ in the synagogues that he was a son of God, then all who were who heard were amazed and said, "Is this not he who destroyed those who called on the name in, on this name in Jerusalem and has come here for that purpose so that he might bring them bound to the chief priest?" So Paul increased all the more in strength and confounded the Jews who dwelt in Damascus, providing, uh, uh, proving that this is Jesus the Christ. Verse 23, now after many days, this was in Damascus, were passed. The Jews, the Jews plotted to kill him, but their plot became known to Saul, and they watched uh, the gates day and night to kill him, and the disciples took him by night and led him down through the wall in a basket. This portion of period took three years. If you look in Galatians, this, there's a period of three years. An Ananias stuck by, by Saul's side for three years and worked with him. Can I just say this? Creating a disciple is not, a, is not an overnight process. Can anybody here testify that your, your relationship with God and learning to follow him didn't just happen overnight? Ananias stuck with Paul. He stuck with this man and continued to invest in him, spent three years there. In verse 26, it says, when Paul had come to Jerusalem, he tried to join the disciples, but they were afraid of him and did not believe that he was a disciple. But, verse 27, but Barnabas took him and declared to him, or brought him to uh, to the disciples and declared to him how he had seen the Lord on the road and that he had spoken to him and how he had preached boldly at Damascus in the name of Jesus. Remember, we're talking about the life of Saul here. So Saul has a, an experience where the Lord gets born again on the road to Damascus. Ananias comes in and chooses to respond to the, the Lord's direction and see Paul, Saul, for who he got God sees him to be, right, and responds, and so the process gets started. Does this help anybody this morning? I know we're doing a lot of reading, but this is important we see this. So then the next thing comes up. Paul tries to go to, to Jerusalem to meet with the, head, the heads of the church, and they're all afraid of him. But you have a man by the name of Barnabas steps in. Now, if you go over to uh, uh, the fourth chapter, I believe. Uh, yeah, Acts chapter 4. Hold your place here and go to Acts chapter 4. We see the introduction of Barnabas. Now, Barnabas was, a, was, a, was from the island of Cyprus, and uh, he was a Jew from Cyprus. And he was somebody, obviously, had some means and, and was a person of wealth. It says here in uh, the fourth chapter, uh, in verse 36, it says, and Joseph, Joseph, whose name was also Barnabas, who was also named Barnabas by the apostles, which is translated son of encouragement, a Levite of the country of Cyprus, having sold land, sold it, and brought the money and laid it at the apostles' feet. Now, why did you read that? His name was Barnabas. That was a name given to him by others. His name was Joseph. The disciples all called him Barnabas, son of encouragement. It tells me something. If you're going to make disciples, you've got to be an encouraging person. Anybody out there this morning? You've got to be a person of encouragement. You know, people uh, people go through a lot of stuff. You know, even in a a place like this this morning, if we were to take a step back and people to really bear their hearts and what all has gone on in their lives, people have gone through a lot of stuff. Now, we're not trying to bring glory, bring glory to the devil because he's defeated. But, but there's a humanity. Said so if you weren't here last week to hear uh, Keith Hershey minister last Sunday, night, you need to go back and listen to that. He sees things in in Beirut, Lebanon that that when we went out to eat afterward, are hard to him for him to even talk about things and situations arise and, and, you know, he's done works all over the world and things all over the world and has seen all kinds of stuff. People, there's a, people have a lot of needs and people go through things and, and things happen in their lives. And a lot of times people just need someone to be an encouragement to them. If you're going to make disciples, you've got to be an encourager. Yeah. But pastor Greg, I'm one of those where something's happened in my life. I know be an encourager, whatever you sow, you're going to reap. Whatever you invest in somebody else will be invested back in you. God is not mocked. Whatever you sow, you're going to reap. We run into people who need encouragement. Listen, God loves you. I love you. You're a great person. You may have issues. There may be problems. i am tell you what, you're still an incredible individual. What are you doing? It's a process of you're starting to win someone's heart, not for yourself, but for the Lord. It's the process of creating a disciple. People need to see that they're valuable. People need to know they're valuable. They need to know they have worth. This, this world system, the enemy wants to push people down to say you mean nothing. Why do people do crazy stuff? Because they don't think they're worth anything. Do you realize people reject God because they don't think they're worthy of his love? Yeah, I've done too much. Too much stuff has happened. No, God loves you. Creating disciples, you've got to be a person of encouragement. I tell you, Barnabas was, was uh, we've got to keep going. Barnabas was an incredible person. He took Paul in and he introduced him to the disciples and, and uh, introduced them and, and really began the process. Had there not been an Ananias, would there have been a Saul? We don't know. Had there not been a Barnabas, would there have been a Paul? We don't know. It's not likely. Because the church in Jerusalem, they're afraid of him as well. But Barnabas, one of the inside person, the person on the inside introduced them. Kind of say this, it's our responsibility to bring people from the outside to the inside. It's our responsibility to bring those who might be a little scary to make them part of the family. Barnabas was willing to stake his reputation on this man. Did he know him? No, he just knew what God had said about him. Hmm. Well, they need to get their act together, then I'll believe in him. No, you need to believe in him because God believes in him. Barnabas staked his reputation on this man with those that he was with because God had said something about Saul. Amen. I tell you, we need to see people the way God sees them. If you go over to the eleventh uh, chapter, then it starts talking about uh, Peter's ministry and things that happened. And uh, of course, you know this process of making a disciple was still underway. And in the eleventh chapter, in, in verse nineteen, it, uh, we we read here: "Now those who were scattered, 11, uh, Acts eleven nineteen, those who were scattered after the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, preaching the word. But no one, uh, but no one, but the Jew." To no one but the Jews only. But some of the them, but some of them were men from Cyprus and Cyrene who, when they had come to Antioch, spoke to the Hellenists, preaching the, the Lord Jesus. and the and and the hand of the Lord was with them, and the number of believe and a great number of believed and turned to the Lord. Verse twenty two. And the news of these things came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. They sent out Barnabas to go as far as Antioch. We had come. He had seen the grace of God. He was glad. He encouraged them all with, uh, with purpose of heart that they should continue with the Lord. For he was a good man, full of this Holy Spirit and of faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. Notice verse 25. Then Barnabas departed for Tarsus to seek, Paul, to seek Saul. Still talking about the apostle Saul. This tells me Saul, I don't know what Saul was doing, but he wasn't where he was supposed to be. It's about creating disciples. Sometimes people the Lord lays on your heart to go after, they won't do what they're supposed to do. Chances are they probably won't. They may not be where they're supposed to be. But if you're interested in creating disciples, you care about people, you'll go seek them out. As I'm talking this morning, just evaluate your heart. Who's the Lord laid upon you? Well, they did this and they, they took off. Yeah, they did, but are you seeking them out? Barnabas sought him out. He went after the Apostle Saul. In the 12th chapter, we, it continues on that uh, uh, talking here and, and have more information about the life of, of Saul later, the Apostle Paul in Acts chapter um, 12, the 25th. Uh, let me find my place here verse 25, it says, And Barnabas and Saul returned from Jerusalem when they had fulfilled their ministry, and they took with them John Mark, whose, whose, or John, whose surname was Mark. Now we have an introduction of another person. Who was Mark? Real quickly, Mark was a young man at this point. His mother was Mary, and where they, they believed that his mother's house was the house where the Last Supper uh, uh, occurred. In the upper room of the house, she was a, a woman of means, and the Last Supper happened there. They also believed that the day of Pentecost happened at Mary's house. And so Mark was a young boy. He wasn't necessarily present for all the things that Jesus did, but he was present during the beginning days of the church. He was a young boy and, and involved in these things. And now John Mark is joining Barnabas and Saul. Some would say that, that Mark was a little bit of a spoiled brat. He was a pampered kid, you know, had his way. He was on the in, in the in crowd, on the inside know of things. He joins the crew. So now he's with him, of course it goes on and talks some more, and, and uh, in Acts the 13th chapter, and uh, verse 13, says when Paul and his, uh, well, we'll, we'll, well, we'll mention this, in Acts chapter 13, we also notice a change, and we'll, we'll come back to Mark in just a second, in Acts chapter 13, verse 13 says, now Paul and his party set sail from Paphos. Something else I want to mention, we're running short on time, that In the life of Paul, a disciple is someone that's not afraid of somebody else getting more attention than you. We're talking about creating disciples. These are things that that I have noticed over the years and we see in the word. If you're going to create disciples, your heart's got to be right. They might actually get more attention than you in the end. This was always Barnabas and Saul. Now it's Saul and his company. Things are starting to change. Barnabas has been investing, and not Ananias invested in Saul. Barnabas has been investing in Saul, putting into his life and taking time with him. And now Paul is starting, Saul is starting to arise. He's starting to come into his own. Barnabas was okay with that. Barnabas was okay with that. It goes on in the, in the, the 46th verse of this chapter. It says, then Paul and Barnabas, at this point his name has been changed to Paul, then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, it is necessary uh, that the word of God should be spoken to you first. Notice, it's Paul and Barnabas. Just pointing out some things here. He was, he was making disciples, but he was okay with somebody else getting the limelight. You know, I'm okay with somebody else getting the attention. Listen, don't be afraid to invest somebody may they may steal your thunder. Maybe their thunder needs to be heard, Right? And so Paul begins to, uh, now Paul is now the leading, the leading person. If you go over into the 15th chapter, in the 15th chapter here, in, uh, We'll look in verse 36. And after some days, Paul said to Barnabas, let us now go back and visit our brethren in every city where we have preached the word of the Lord and see how how they are doing. Now, Barnabas was determined to take with them John called Mark, but Paul insisted that they not take with them the one who had departed with them from Pamphylia uh, and had not gone with them to the work. Now, there's a division that happens here between Paul and Barnabas. The guy that was introduced earlier, John Mark, chickened out on them when they were on the road. So now they're wanting to go somewhere else and a a fight happens between Paul and Barnabas whom the Lord had joined together over John Mark. Why are you saying all these details? This is important. Division had happened between them. They had a disagreement about John Mark. Was Paul right? I have no idea. Was Paul correct? I have no idea. But one thing I'll tell you this is Barnabas saw something in people he wasn't willing to let go of. Even if others had a conflict with him. At this point, Paul had become the leader and didn't want John Mark to go to him. But because John Mark did something foolish, Barnabas still believed in John Mark. He still went after John Mark. See, so I, we I thought we were talking about Saul or, or Paul here. Yeah, go with me over to 2 Timothy, the fourth chapter. We're going to end here in just a second. 2 Timothy chapter 4. In verse 11, Paul is here, is getting towards the end of his life. And he, in this verse, he writes, He said, Only Luke is with me. Notice, get Mark and bring him with you, for he is useful for me for ministry. Here's the thing we're talking about the life of Saul. The life of the apostle Saul, the apostle Paul was greatly affected by those who saw something in him. They saw God in them and they chose to pursue that. God was able to do in Paul what he did and our lives have been greatly changed because of Ananias, because of Barnabas, because of their faithfulness and their commitment to the Lord God and to see in people what God sees in people. Even when Paul didn't see something in Mark, that same heart stayed true in Barnabas. And he stuck with Mark. He took Mark with him, whereas uh, Paul took Silas. Later added Timothy. But, he, but Barnabas stayed with Mark. Notice in the end of, of Paul's ministry, Mark comes around again. He needed something. The one that he denied earlier, because Barnabas saw something in him, that person was able to supply something in even Paul's life, because Barnabas believed in him. Listen, you know, we, we looked at a lot of different scriptures. a very different different message. I've never preached anything like this before. But I want to encourage you. Listen, the, the responsibility of making disciples is a huge deal. It, it is something that, that we've been called to do. It's something that, that it is of the greatest importance to God is not just reach people, but make disciples. Can I tell you, I see our church as a place, if, if, if we're going to, move into everything that God has for us as a church. Now, God's been moving in the last uh, several years. Things have been happening, and of late, you know, we know that the Spirit of God has been moving and, and things have been happening, but can I say this, that if it's going to continue, if we're going to go where God is calling us to be, it is up to us as members to not just have church members to make sure that we have disciples around us, right? To have disciples around us. To invest our lives into others. And I said, now the Lord put this on my heart today. There is a need for this in our church. We've got a great church, but we can do better. There are people who need what we have. They need to not just know him. They need to be trained up in the things of God. They need you to believe in them. They need you to see them the way God sees them, not see them even for what they, who they say they are. Who does God call them to be? Who has God called them to be? What has he said about them? Agree with God and then begin to invest of your own life into theirs. I can tell you for myself personally, I would not be where I am today if it wasn't for, yes, my parents, but other people, many of you here spent a lot of time investing in me growing up. Spent time with me when I did stupid things. Some of your cars, I backed into your cars and, and did all kinds of crazy stuff. And you didn't say, oh, that, that Greg Anderson, he's just an idiot. Well, you might've said that, but, but you still stuck with me, right? Iris prayed for me. I know she did. Different ones. I'm where I am, yes, by the grace of God, but by the influence of others in my life. That saw something, didn't just see a big-eared crazy kid, but saw something that was potential there, and they begin to draw that out. They begin to draw that out, begin to put a demand upon that. Folks, this is this is vital to the leaders of our church. Look around you. Start making other leaders in the church. We've got a great lead, a group, core group of people. We need more people. We need more people brought in. Why? Because they're valuable. The, and, and in the end, you may very well need what it is they have to offer you. Had it not been for these individuals, we would have never known Paul. Had it not been in, in Paul's story, when we get to heaven, Paul will receive great reward. I believe Ananias and Barnabas will receive if the, uh, just the same reward, if not a greater reward, for their faithfulness. This, this is a big deal. Listen, I just challenge you this morning. You know, uh, coming to church is great. Being a part of the church is great. And, and, but, but take a step beyond it. Beyond, look beyond yourself. Start looking beyond you. Yeah, there's things I don't like. Sure, there's always going to be things you don't like. Start looking at what, what God says. Start looking at his opinion of things. Yes, but this person creeps me out. That's all right. But what, what does God say about them? I believe that if we'll do this, really, history will tell whether or not we actually believe this is true. History will tell whether or not we actually believe this is true this morning. It's a little bit more of a serious message today, but, but this is what was on my heart, you know. We hear a lot, of, a lot of messages and a lot of sermons. What you do with it determines whether you even believed it or not. I just challenge you this morning to begin to look around you and invest in other people. Begin to invest in other people. Listen, if you're on the outside, don't stay on the outside. There's a place for you. Why doesn't seem like there's a place? I'm telling you, there's a place for you. And if you're, if you're part of the core group, start looking outside and start pulling people in. Make room for them in your life. Begin to draw on those things. Listen, we ought to all be known as, as people, sons of encouragement. Can I ask you this? Who have you encouraged lately? Who have you encouraged lately? Who have you spoken into their life lately? Who have you drawn on lately? Well, I'm needing somebody to, to, to encourage me. Be an encouragement. You will get some encouragement. I've heard over the years with suchness that happened and nobody called me. Who have you called? If you're not doing anything, if you're not investing in anyone else, then it's not right to expect investment from other people. But if you'll do it, God will always come through for you. As we continue to grow, as we continue to move forward, we need more people to move into this place. More people to accept this is a call of every individual in this church. Even those napping, this is a call of every individual in this church. It's a call. This is something that Jesus said, go and make disciples. Well, praise God. Let's all stand. Listen, I love you. There's so many people in this church I look around and I just, you know, uh, people that are doing we have a lot of people who are doing great things for the Lord, and I see there's more for you. Others who are just holding back a little bit. Listen, God's got something for you. But I can't be the only one. Pastor Pastor Angela, my wife, Amy, Stephen Rachel, we can't be the only ones to draw these things out. That's the responsibility of the body is to take care of itself. To draw these things out of one another. You know what? We're up to the task. We're well able to do this. I just encourage you, evaluate your life. Evaluate your relationships. You know, this isn't the group I'm comfortable with. Maybe you need to expand who you're comfortable with. Hmm. Praise God. God's got good things ahead of us. Every head, about every eye is closed here this morning.